Welcome to the Feed Zone. We've got three grumpy old men, and at some point tonight, we're going to talk about another couple of grumpy old men. But until then, <laughs> I'm Gary Fairley, and I am joined by Dave Stanley in Flint, Michigan, and Chris Sidwell in Doncaster in Yorkshire. Gentlemen, good evening, and it's good to see you both again. Always good to see you guys. Um, it's we're, we're cycling season is bubbling under. We've got openings weekend. Um, in Belgium with Omrohead Newsblad and Kurna Brussels Kurna this weekend. Um, but there's cycling, for once, it's the, the news is starting to um, roll down and stuff is happening um, since, we, since we last spoke. Um, well, we start with the aforementioned grumpy old man and uh, <laughs> everybody's favourite, Patrick Lefebvre. Um, <laughs> apparently, um, the, the results of a, a liquid lunch, it would seem, but... Uh, um, Julian Alaphilippe was one of many people in his in his sights um, over the last couple of days. Is, is, was this not the case? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, given, he's given both barrels at, at Julian. He's uh, he's not behaving like a champion, and apparently drinks too much. And uh, Patrick, typical of Patrick, blames his wife Marianne Roos. Uh, um, some great Patrickisms in there, like um, he's a young dog, and you have to let him across the yard occasionally. Yeah, that was an interesting one. You know that 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 what that means. Um, uh, cycling is a you need you need dedication. You don't just throw your hat at it. I like that one actually. You don't just throw your hat at it. Um, it was it's on cycling news. Um, give it a read. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing though. He's, he has these outbursts at you know world ex world champions. I mean, Alain Philippe's had you know he's a double world champion. I think he had to go up Mark yeah. Cavendish at some point. Um, yeah. Remco will be next, of course. You know, if Remco gets away, and you know, in uh, in Het Newsblad and with a couple other guys, and doesn't drop them all and time trial in, of course, he's gonna you know take a steamroller to Remco's bike as well, and maybe his Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Patrick, you know, I had three semesters uh, in university uh, in psychology, and if ever there was a thing of projection, that's Patrick. Because who yeah. in cycling right now is more known for being a drunk? Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there are that, many left now. There are not. There are not. There are not many left now. No, I just. Uh, I posted something on Twitter this morning uh, about, you know, it seems to me that maybe Patrick's the one with the drinking problem and not the athletes, because if you've been drinking that much, you're not at Julian Alaphilippe's level. You're at like my level, <laughs> you know, as a writer. <laughs> and I just started thinking, I think it's Patrick with the problem, not the writers. Oh, my, my word. And there's nothing funny about alcoholism or being an old drunk, but there is something kind of funny about it old uh, you know an old guy like patrick who hasn't done shit on the bike for you know most of his adult life and and these days doesn't do much besides you know take the piss out of his uh out of his most you know prolific riders it's crazy he is the same first thing in the morning as well though to be fair he's <laughs> just okay. as controversial at any time of day i i don't know him like you guys do that's yeah, true right i don't bump job. into him is, is the pithy one liner is uh, is is Patrick. Whatever that is in Flemish, that's Patrick Lefebvre. Yeah, it's it's interesting. He's one of these guys that if you know, generally always a character, you know, which is always a useful euphemism for you know kind of racist uncle or right. <laughs> sexist uncle. Oh, yeah. racist, sexist team director. I don't know, because um, because he was having a go. Somebody mentioned that. Or I'd spoken to that part, but I haven't read the full interview. Um, I only saw the, uh, the Google Translate yesterday when it first appeared. Um, but somebody mentioned you know, the million euro uh, offer that uh, UAE have apparently offered Demi Vollering to ride for them from next season. Um, and he's basically no, no, what your women's women's racing is not, not a good level, and it's you know, it's basically not worth the money. Which like, I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's almost certainly like exactly what he said. <laughs> but it's like yeah, stop, stop. Somebody just you know, go home, go home, granddad. You're, you're yeah, done. he's he's Take definitely segued from the character, 
the funny, the kind of funny, quirky guy. And when I think of that in cycling, I think of Bob Roll. You know, yeah. yeah. Bob is quirky. He's a very he's a bright guy. He speaks what like four or five languages. He's got some goofiness about him that is enjoyable. I knew him a little back in our riding career, and he was genuinely funny, but also a really thoughtful and kind of thought provoking guy without all of the other bullshit that Patrick Lefevre brings to the table. Cause Patrick, you know, don't you just kind of wonder, and this is serious and not poking fun. Uh, don't you just wonder if maybe Patrick, who's like 67, 68 might just have a little early onset dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's a lot of the behavior that is seen. I've seen it in a couple relatives and, and older friends. Uh, when that starts to kick in and you don't realize it until it's after the fact. Uh, yeah. Not an expert. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Not either. That's why I'm kind of throwing that out there. <laughs> or maybe he's just mad. <laughs> I think he's just Patrick, isn't he? <laughs> well, indeed. I, th- I think he enjoys being controversial now and, and, uh, and then the, the, the Flemish press, Belgian press enjoy him being controversial. I suppose it's good old yeah. Patrick. And you know what? It might, Stoke some, you know, something in Alaphilippe. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been yeah. lighted by injury and illness and so on. And, um, you know, last year was certainly not a success for him by any st- stretch of the imagination. But he was in the mix at the start of the season, um, mm-hmm. you know, in a couple of the races. Um, and maybe it will just, right, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong. You, you know, yeah. You're a rat bastard. He's in his last season. So, you know, if he's not going to get a contract with a uh, quick step next year, then somebody else you know, is going to go, must be interested in a two-time world champion. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I hope it's lights a fire under him. It was a bit cheap shot going after uh, Marion Roos like that. It's, yeah, that was crazy. It's, it's, it's always the wife's fault. I mean, I, I know we're men and yes, we are weak and useless and you know, susceptible to all those things, but um, I'm, I'm sure that having been a, you know, an ex-pro herself, and I, I don't think Marion Roos is going to do anything to, to jeopardize her husband's career. Um, probably quite the opposite, yes. I would imagine. Absolutely. I can maybe next time they uh, come across each other at a race, she walks over, grabs him by the front of his shirt, and punches him right in the chops. I <laughs> would, I would take Marion over some sixty-eight-year-old guy who spends a lot of time allegedly walking on his knees. <laughs> oh gosh uh, oh, right is... <laughs> this is a right, almost eight fighting on the uh, Madame Russe and uh, Monsieur Alaphilippe's behalf here aren't we so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. thanks Patrick um, yeah I, w- I was going to do a thing on the, on, the, on the Saturday supplement this weekend just called you know why is Patrick Lefebvre but I think yeah I think we've kind of answered that <laughs> yeah um, another more question marks this week, I felt. The Tour of Rwanda is raging in, um, from Kigali um, at the start of this week. Um, started with a, a team time trial, which was won by Israel Premier Tech. Um, team of, uh, that, you know, we, we've almost forgotten about them. Chris Froome. Um, Ooh, now, yeah, indeed. Um, Froome is he's basically, you know, he's been spent the last five years always trying to get back. Um, to some semblance of fitness and form, and finished the team time trial five minutes behind the three guys whose whose time Holy was taken crap. across the light. Um, three guys, the four man team team time trial. Um, it was I think maybe six or six. Or six okay, maybe. well even so, and yeah, how, how, five minutes. Yeah, not that long. Forty <laughs> k, something like that. But five minutes, um, which. In this race, doesn't count because the, the the team time trial didn't count towards GC. But we're four yeah. stages in, and the next, you know, a multiple four time tour winner, um, is sitting thirty second place, wow. three and a half minutes or so behind in GC. I mean, are we going to get to the tight the point in this season where it's Chris, you know, with the best will in the world, this is not going to happen for you again? Why would you want us? I I know why you wouldn't want to go out like this. But at some point, you know, he's always seemed to be pretty self-aware as a rider. You know, that was always kind of my take with Chris is that he knew who he was and he knew what he, you know, he, he didn't like fool himself. He knew he was the best in the world for a while. But, you know, this hanging on just it, it's such a bad look. And when you when you consider that peak Chris Froome riding 
a two-man time trial with one teammate probably would have been about as fast as the other five guys mm-hmm. on that team for something as short as like 30 or 40 K. Yeah. You know, this has just got to be incredibly disheartening because at his peak, there was nobody in a stage race, especially who could time trial with Chris Froome. Nobody, he was untouchable uh, amongst the GC contenders. So yeah, I, I feel bad for the guy and I, I wish him well, but I think I would like to wish him well and say, Chris, 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 you know, might be time, mate, might be time, even if you don't want to admit it. Yeah, I think after four years, it's not going to happen now, is it? Um, he's 38. and it gets, Almost yeah, 39. It, everything's yeah. against him. Maybe he loves it, but, I mean, he could love riding his bike anywhere. Uh, you know, and he's, he's got the money to do it. Um, I think it's going to stick along, unless there's some thing we don't know about, some explanation. Um, I suppose the yeah. margin. I mean, once you're dropped in a team time trial, there's no sense in breaking your neck, is there? Well... If it's not going to count towards GC as well, then maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. it was calculated. I'll just sit back and roll in. There's an individual time trial tomorrow yeah, as we speak. So maybe he did one of these team pursuit things like Dan Biggum's squad, you know, did a massive turn maybe. and dropped off. Sure. Yeah. It could have been. Absolutely, it could have been. Uh, and you said, Gary or Chris, I, I couldn't tell. So, there is an individual TT in that, the Tour of Hawaii yeah. this year. ITT tomorrow, stage four five is it so I'll keep well, an eye think, on that one I'll, yeah i think that's one to definitely watch and that will be a i think a much clearer uh i look into chris's chris's form i could have been way way off about that i think maybe we all could have i didn't realize that uh, there was a individual time trial in this as well so that changes yeah. things a little bit but the, uh, if the judges were all wrong yeah i hope so i'm happy to be proved wrong, wrong. I will. I'll, I'll be the first to pat him on the back <laughs> I, I would love to. I I will record the Saturday supplement naked if he <laughs> if he proves us wrong. You'll do what naked, Gary? The Saturday supplement naked. Yeah, that's not much. Yeah. Of a day. Will you do it live? Will you do it on Facebook Live as well? Video, maybe not. Maybe. Not. <laughs> well, you could be naked from the waist up, and none of us would be, and we'd be none the wiser, right? I'm having body image issues just now, so I've been at the gym and everything. So n- naked from maybe the neck up would be okay, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm I wonder why you're crazy. wearing that bag. I wonder why you're wearing the bag over your head. <laughs> that hoodie looks six sizes too large for you, mate. It looks like a triple XL. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the right answer. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just it's interesting how cycling has also moved on without Chris Froome. So going back to the to the plot here. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, we would have been going mad. <gasps> Either you know that. You know, there was one half of say, Twitter would have been at the time. Ha ha! Look at Froome, that proves he's a mad doper. Um, or the other half say this is a real shame. This is a this is a terrible tragedy. What a way to end a career! But it's just passed unnoticed, yeah. except by me. It, it would yeah. appear. Well, when you consider the severity of his injuries from yeah. that crash, mm-hmm. uh, you know it's 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 not surprising that he has not yet it, it, let's just assume for the moment that he's going to go well in that time trial tomorrow that it took what four years ago did he crash i think mm-hmm. you know that um it's not was it it was it's been a it's been a fair bit now yeah uh, but it takes a you know from that kind it's all kind there's a lot of trauma i have some experience in this uh bad crash bad injury thing you know that vertigo thing i had a year and a half ago it's just now, even with all the PT and all the exercises and all the meds, they've, it's just now clearing up. And that was just from a little, a little bit of vertigo. It took me you know, a year and a half to where I've just now felt like I could go skiing and ride my bike off the trainer. Hell, I almost fell off my bike on the trainer a year ago, three months after the vertigo, the week and a half I spent sick. And I've had a bunch of other health issues too. It take it can take a really long time, and that's just to get back to normal human functioning levels, not elite world tour in any sport kind of level. So that it took it's taken Chris this long. I, I am a hundred percent believer that uh, he's doing everything properly. Uh, you know, we we're sports fans of a lot of sports, and so we tend to think of things. Oh, you know, he hurt his knee; he'll be back next season. We tend to think in seasons and yeah. your body does not think in seasons. Your body right. thinks it's still not healed. I'm still going to hurt you because that's my warning to you to don't do this 
anymore for a while until I get a chance to finish the healing process. And we're very bad about giving our athletes that kind of grace. So I'm really, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, Chris goes well tomorrow. I w- will certainly be watching that race result too. And fortunately on a Thursday morning, I have time to do that. Just interesting. I've just pulled up the, the Tour of Rwanda um, page on Pro Cycling. So that's that team time trial was 18.3 kilometers. So sh- he must have sat up. Yeah. yeah. No he way did he a big driving turn to get him. I mean, they yeah. won. And he did the, He did a turn to empty himself, yeah. get him into a right. victory situation, and then bravely stood back. Yeah. And he may well have been made that decision with the team staff ahead of time. Anyway, you know, yeah. at uh, with uh, 10K to go, I'm going to do 2K at just, I'm going to bury myself and then I'm going to sit up. And they're like, that sounds like a great plan, Chris. And he said, so you listen to those guys on the feed zone on the Cycling Legends podcast. They'll be roped in by it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we were a little at first. And then, fortunately, Gary checked the data. <laughs> yeah. We were being generous when we suggested it was a 35K. Um, tomorrow's one, stage five from Muzanzi to Kirigi Kuita Izina, a 13 kilometer individual time trial. So roughly around 13K, so uh, should be coming in around 25 minutes or so, right? Yeah, keep an eye on that. 50K an hour. I wonder if there are any UK Home Secretaries in Rwanda at the moment. I wonder if there's any hills <laughs> in the race course. They usually are. They usually are. Yeah, we sent more home secretaries to Kigali than we have uh, illegal immigrants. So, yeah, watch the watch okay. the space. Move on. Yeah. Anyway, um, it hasn't been all bad news for uh, British cycling in the last week or so. Um, exciting, I was, huh? Yeah, I was. Uh, I mentioned on the Saturday supplement this week uh, about a new women's under twenty three team, um, Nouvelle Cycling by Prendas, um, and I'm delighted to say that on the feed zone we've actually got the team's press officer. Um, Chris Sidwell's <laughs> here. Here, here. Social coincidence. Yeah, absolutely. Team press officer and co-founder of Team Nouvelle Cycling by Prendas. Um, explain yourself, Sidwell's. Tell us all about it. Well, it's a it's a development team. It's under twenty three. We've got um, five riders at the moment: Alicia Wells, Australian, twenty one; B Townsend, a New Zealander, nineteen; and Danny Khan, who's the I don't like to say elder statesman, British rider, uh, former world junior champion who's 28. And all of those three are on their own country's uh, Olympic program. So, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're really up there. And Danny Khan is, is um, in the Paralympic system and possibly maybe get selected for the, going to the Olympic system for the, for the next Olympic Games. And then we've got uh, Erin Avil, Avil uh, Great Britain, 20, and Freya Whiteside. Uh, Great Britain, eighteen, and we've um, it's going to be a mixed year of British and European races. We the kickoff in the Volta Limburg on the thirtieth of March in the Netherlands, and then on the fourteenth of April the East Cleveland uh, Grand Prix in I think it's Saltburn, isn't it in Cleveland? Twenty yep. eighth um, of April uh, the Grand Prix Willie Nelson's in Flanders. Twelfth of May the Great Lincoln Grand Prix, one of our you know our, our home classic. And then for the first part of the season, that's the 18th of May, the Vermark Cycling Project, two-day in Flanders. Um, if you look at nouvellecycling.co.uk, you can support us. David Walters and I are going to be doing some um, uh, podcasts on here regularly, twice a month. Uh, after a while, we want to put those behind a Patreon because we'd like people, you know, you've been very good with us and supported us. It'd be lovely to make some money for the team as well because uh, it's it's costly. We've got we've got we've got good sponsors. We've got Prendas have been very good, and there are other sponsors in there as well. A lot of equipment sponsors. Um, but it's it's going to be a great project. Let's see how it goes. David Walters is extremely experienced. DS. Uh, he had the Bianchi Dharma team as his last great success before COVID, um, and that was the number two ranked team in the UK. And he had some good victories with that. And he's, he's, he's paid his dues. He's worked his way up. He's highly rated by people like John Herity, highly rated throughout the sport. And I'm really excited. Um, I've got all sorts of novel kinds of way uh, of, of raising money and getting support for the team. And just check out the team's kit because it's glorious. 
<laughs> that, that's that's the first, always the first start, it's, isn't it? It's got an exquisite jersey. It's just it's just classic. The the, the team that David's uh, was writing eloquently on the, on the team's blog, and he said it's not just about getting riders to races. It's about no. the whole an apprenticeship for for aspiring riders, isn't it? It's not just about riding your bike. It, it is, yes, and that's what we want to set. That's what he sees the role as. And eventually, if we can be some kind of apprentice feeder into the world tour or, or continental level, uh, that would be fantastic. And not just riders. Later this year, there'll be uh, a rider who's coming to the end of a world tour uh, career who will be doing some DS experience with uh, with David as well. So, yeah. um, you know, we want to. It, it's a, a really a development team. We want to work with national cycling federations and bodies in the UCI to uh, establish its role as a, a purely development team because that's what David's the best at and he's, he's, he's fantastic at nurturing riders and it, they have so much um, sort of trust in him and the trust goes beyond. He stays in touch with them all when they've stopped racing or they've gone on to other careers and that and they're, they're all part of this big family and they will all come in and help with the team and uh, there's just fantastic spirit around it. We want to show a different way of doing things, um, a kind of benign, long-term, um, sustaining way of doing things. Are you looking at putting up any sort of uh, semi-permanent residence for the team members? I know that the uh, U.S. Uh, there had, back in the 90s and maybe even into the 2000s, they had a uh, large farmhouse uh, in Belgium. And uh, U.S. riders would come over and stay at that farm, uh, at that farmhouse, and it was set up to support cyclists with you know mechanics areas and whatnot. And so it gave them a semi-permanent base on the continent. Uh, has there been any thought about doing something like that for your riders? That would be a lovely long-term ambition, but not. I mean, it's beyond the scope and the remit and the budget okay. we've got at the moment. Uh, but they, you know, they're staying with friends and um, and families and stuff. Uh, it, it's. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. I've been to some of those group houses, yeah. Um, good atmosphere in them. Right, yeah. Everybody's there for the same reason. They all love the bike. And yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, there used to be a guy near in Bruges. Um, he was a Belgian international footballer. I think his surname was Mormon. He used to run something for Americans. That that's Baxman. the guy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the guy. guy I was thinking about. I couldn't well, remember I, his name. I, I've done some media training for them and I spent a weekend with them. And... Um, we, uh, Magnus was one of his years where he was getting ready. He just had the separated children. He was getting ready for Paris-Roubaix. And we took all of them, all, all, all the kids down with Magnus to ride the cobbles and, and Aremberg and everything. And they, they oh couldn't goodness. say anything else but awesome. That's all you heard. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it was a lovely weekend. And they were, they were really nice. You know, and some of them, they weren't ambitious to be uh, professionals, but they were doing something that was in Europe completely different uh, first steps on their own living together yeah. with a group of other guys and um, it was a great atmosphere great yeah I would think so yeah it'd be kind of like uh, a youth soccer program oh by the way we're gonna we're gonna stop off here at Wembley have a proper kick around for a little while what do you lads do you think you would like to do that <laughs> yeah. no yeah. no I don't want to go I don't want to do, go on to that pitch at all thank you it was I am not worthy Contrasted them being battered around on the Arenberg and then Magnus come blasting down the middle of the oh, yeah. <laughs> Freaking rocket ship that man was. Apparently, on apparently he did the whole Arenberg at six hundred watts. And then said and then said at the end of it, Ah, oh, my shoulder's okay. <laughs> that, was <his> <laughs> that was his test. Oh my shoulder's okay. Oh Boy, he's uh you know, he's one of the guys. He raised his daughters properly too, you know. Yes. I mean, the, his girls are doing great, but they have they they have a lot of that same kind of fun spirit about that yeah. it's sport, even though it's a it's the job, it's the it's paying the bills. You know, his girls seem to have, and I mean girls, right? I mean, they're one of them just seventeen, isn't she? The youngest. Yeah, I, I, I can yeah. remember them young and uh, was nineteen. First, I think first yeah. like dating. There was one particular incident when. Uh, Magnus said to me, you should have heard that the other day she got this uh, boyfriend from the Cardiff Cycling Club and he came over and he says, I heard them in the in the sitting room. He says, uh, your dad was a pro rider, wasn't he? And she says, yeah, yeah, he was. She says, um, did he win anything? She says, yeah. Um, he says, what? He says, 
which is uh, Paris Roubaix, and this kid tried to be cool. He went, "Oh, that's quite good." <laughs> <laughs> and he Magnus says the trouble was then he was more interested in her in in him than he was. <laughs> <laughs> right, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Wow, your dad's really, really famous. Yeah, You're nice. Really I like cool. you. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's actually there's something the daughter to get at the old man. That's kind of a uh, that's Nouvelle. Yeah, it's usually the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's there's something I find really, and I, I haven't seen. I, I don't know. What, I mean, I guess he, Magnus's relationship with all these daughters are the same. But there's something I think because he's in the public eye more and doing columns and the telly. But seeing him, hearing him talking about Zoe, and seeing there's a video on um, the Canyon Sram, it's Canyon Sram, isn't it, Zoe? Um, yeah. Facebook page, uh, sorry, Instagram, um, when she was presented, Tom Pidcock presented her with her, her Red Bull helmet, and that was how they told her that she'd been you know, brought into the, the Red Bull program. And she really emotional. You just see the two of them hugging at the, her mm-hmm. and her dad. Hugging. I just think there's, there's something really really special about that dynamic and having seen him in the pits at the world yeah. championships and so on it just it really tugs you and I, I hope my daughter nurturing. thinks that of me yeah. something very nurturing about magnus naturally and and his wife as well the, the mother you know yeah. she, she was a commonwealth game cyclist and uh, um and a welsh welsh woman uh magnus speaks about six languages but couldn't learn for, uh welsh <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous there's a different word for every tense you know it's yeah. a completely different word if it's if it's yesterday's toast <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i think that's a, a lot of magnus too because i remember watching a cycling video i think the i think it was called blood sweat and gears uh and it was uh the story of the one of the early years of the uh john Vowder's team mm-hmm. you know back you know way back when it was Garmin and uh, you know hot or whatever they were maybe it was the Garmin team movie I forget anyway Magnus was talking to the younger guys on the team about how important it was to show well at uh, at Perry Roubaix and he said you know you you win this race he said you can make your career he said I, I don't want to put any pressure on you guys he said but uh, you know and but the way he did it was very older brother it wasn't like it's a dare or you know or you know scaring the kids he was just very he was kind of he was kind of nurturing actually and i think yeah. maybe that aside yeah. from his quality as a rider was one of the reasons they might have brought him into the team with all of those young riders yeah. uh he, he that's just i think that's just who mag maggie is that's that's what i that's the name that's the name the, the word that comes out when i think of him and, and he is and very caring about people and he takes time with people and he's he's one of those people who sticks with old friends as well he's been friends with martin mccrossan for years um you know they still work together and if you've got a friend with Magnus, you've got a friend forever. All right. So we've slagged Patrick Lefebvre. We're yeah, in love with Magnus Baxter. Backstead. Yeah. Uh, we're hopeful for Chris Froome. So far, so good. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, two, we're two out of three positive stories. All right. I like this. And, <laughs> and I don't think Patrick will care about what we think. He'd practically be delighted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably um, true, too. Coming back to the, the team, Chris, I mean, it's one of those ones, this is going to be like the, the kind of fanboy question, but how do you go about setting up an under-23 cycling team? And also, are you mad? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, a lot of great. talking to people, a lot of, um, you've just got to get people on board. You've got to get sponsors. Not It's not say, oh, this is going to be that you get this, that, and the other. Just that this will be a lovely, beautiful thing that you're doing. Yes, you will get this return. We're going to do it this way that's different. So that's going to outstand. But it'll just be, let's do it because it's a, just a beautiful thing to do. And I don't think anybody else, I don't think other people do that. And, and um, I, I think it's one of the prime things for inspiring anybody to do something or getting involved in something. Let's just do it because it's a beautiful thing to do. And that's what we're doing. It, it's just hugely exciting. And- um, I, I can't wait to, um, you know, see see the team racing and get, hopefully get a chance to come down and, and see some of the uh, the the, uh, the national road race series this this year. Um, but yeah, keep keep us keep us posted. I'm sure you will. Oh, I will. Um, I'll be uh, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's it's, it's exciting. Um, 
we, we just got to wait now. We're not having a, we're having a launch in April. So it'd be after the first race. So it's right. a bit, um, you know, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what, where the launch is, but the people, um, the law firm Mitchell Moores was a sponsor and involved They they are going out of their way to make that evening that we have the launch, the best evening it could possibly be. We've just got really what, 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 uh, David has done has tried to get friends close in, in a group, friends who he knows and friends who want to do and all think the same way. And uh, not not a question of what their bank balance is, but um, that they're friends that want to do something that's that's beautiful. And we're, we're doing it just for the sheer joy of it. Now, moving on, uh, David, before we started, you mentioned something about a 4.9 kilometre stage race. Um, I I've clearly haven't been paying attention to this. Yeah, that did not go well. Um, it was, uh, Chris, I just drew a blank. I need obviously need to refill my mug of tea here. Uh, which race was it? We were talking about it, that was they had to the, shorten. Was it the, it wasn't Algarve or something, was it? It was Andalusia. Yeah. In, yeah, it was something in Spain. <laughs> was it Algarve? Yeah, it was. And they they were having horrible far. Well, I shouldn't say horrible because I don't want to be all judgy about it. They might be well mean, well deserved farmer protests, and they couldn't supply the proper police protection, and road you know road closure issues were were a big part of it because the, all of the police were involved in trying to keep things under control with the farmers who were protesting. So they canceled a stage and then they canceled another stage and then they had to shorten the time trial. Uh, and that in, and in the end became the only time trial uh, was the 4.9 kilometer time trial was the only stage of what was, what is typically a very difficult uh, short. I mean, cause it's so damn hilly uh, and for about two days, maybe, uh, the winner of that stage was given full credit for winning a, a right level. Uh, <laughs> I, with I saw this, yeah, you got 120 UCI points, and that's now been yeah. cut back to 20 or something, has it? Yeah, and then, and then they came to their senses. And they said, wait a second, wait a second. Now, enjoy that. It's kind of like if you were playing, uh, if you were in Jeopardy on the, the TV game show, and right before Double Jeopardy, they came to you and said, oh, by the way, you mispronounced something back in, in the Jeopardy round uh, on your Daily Double. And you might have had $14,000, but we're going to bump you down to $4,000 now because <laughs> we screwed up. <laughs> so poor guy. I mean, you know, still 20 UCI points for riding uh, three miles is not so bad. But it's certainly not the same thing as 120 UCI points, which bumped the. Uh, and I'm drawing a blank on the winner. Uh, clearly bumped him uh, pretty far up in the uh, in the UCI rankings. So I hope he took a screenshot of those rankings before they took those points away, so he could save it and show his grandchildren. See, I really was top 15 in the world. I <laughs> hope <laughs> oh, somebody did for him. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Um, speaking of shortened stage races, apparently the uh, the the, uh, the women's tour of Britain has uh, magically reappeared in the UCI World Tour calendar. Really, um, for June, but no announcements. Um, but it was in, it was out, and you know, it's back in again. So, huh. um, I guess we'll good. I guess, keep, huh? Keep, keep an eye on that. It's shortened to four. We will see, as they say. Yeah. You guys kind of a little bit off of the bike race topic, but definitely bicycle and British base. Did you see that um, CRC and uh, Ribble and they have made redundant everyone they've sold? Oh, yeah. I saw it like an hour before we came on the air. They, they obviously they, they've sold. They said when the um, when the warehouse is empty, Everyone who they brought back in as attempt to manage their shipping to meet their standing orders will be gone. Uh, and uh, really what they what the new company wants is the intellectual property and not the uh, hard yeah. goods. And they want none of the current employees they've made. They've all just they're all gone. Eighty six. Yeah. I, I mean, what? for cycling, bad for jobs, bad for families. Yeah. One one of the stories we heard here was that the the, the company that was interested in buying the the Wiggle CRC uh, brand was was it Mike Ashley's company, Chris? 
that owns Sports Direct and loads yeah, of these buy you know pack them high, sell them low, uh, sporting. Right, yeah. And he's you know not a not a universally loved businessman. Um, he, he also has a, a stake in my football team as well, which wasn't entirely popular. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it just it doesn't doesn't bode well. I'm sure they bought Evan Cycles as well, didn't they? There's, I thought it rumoured to be either a bought or after lots of cycling brands, which I don't know where that's going to end. Yeah, Nat Good would be my guess based yeah. on current performance, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to have to. You need a niche now in this uh, in the cycle industry. Look, much as our team is, you need a niche. Go against yeah. the grain, stand yeah. out. Yeah, there is no kind there of generic a, cycling thing anymore. Yeah. There's an old rap lyric that. Uh, came out before about when gary was still in uh, in nappies and diapers it's all about money ain't a damn thing funny y'all got to have a con in this land of milk and honey that's well, from grandmaster yeah. flash and the furious yeah. five. Oh, and really? this, yeah and in this case the con would certainly be as chris says if you don't have that niche you're just like everybody else and you're gonna get sucked up by somebody bigger yeah. you're gonna get yeah you gotta it's gotta be niche you gotta go your own way Go your own way. That was Fleetwood Mac. I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Gary. That's Even quality stuff right there. And that's yeah. why people tune into the feed zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's one of the best baselines. It's sort of a way off topic now. Is, uh, John McVie's bass on Go Your Own Way is just... He was an underrated brilliant. bass player, I feel. He was... Uh, everything he did from when they were a blues band to when they were the best pop band in the world was always had that great John McVie bottom. I, I agree. He was so yeah. good. We were talking about Fleetwood Mac in the last show as well, weren't we? I was talking about yeah, uh, maybe. a Midnight Special show. Uh, um, a Rhiannon, or it was a Rhiannon on the Midnight Special, which was just, it's like Stevie Nicks was incredible. It was like an exorcism. But anyway, that was, <laughs> I was just... You know, you know, in like, cycling. <laughs> I should burn some sage leaves or something. Now. Sorry, yeah, back, to, back to the facts. Maxim Van Heel was the guy yeah. that won uh, the Tour. There we go. Yeah, Local yeah thank you very guy. much. I feel whole, better now. He's whole I, 20, 20 uh, UCI points. I'm just going to see. Um, he actually got more pro cycling points, pro cycling stats points than he did UCI points for that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, so that's it's been a, a bit of a bit of a week and a bit of a, a ramble um, on this this episode of the Feed Zone from the Cycling Legends podcast. Um, anything else catching your eye, guys, in the, in the cycling yes. world? I have I have a thing that I've actually been giving a lot of thought to. Now, regular listeners, and I know both of you are out there. Uh, regular listeners uh, know that I have become kind of addicted to VeloGames.com, uh, the Fantasy Cycling League. I, I, I couldn't, I can quit anytime. I just don't want to. Um, and so I have participated in every game that he's had on offer so far this spring. And I have given up on trying to predict performance based on who the rider is. You know, they have the uh, O Camino Real race coming up and I went against the grain and I didn't pick the number one points guy, Jonas Vengago. He was worth 30 points. You get a hundred, uh, just like with uh, fantasy football. And I adopted about a month ago, a strategy of picking all of the Anglophones from the top down. If it's an English speaker and he's worth 22 points, I don't care who he is. He's in my team. If he's worth four points and I need one more spot, he's in my team. And so far in my mini league, there's usually about 15 or 20 of us in our league. Uh, I have been on the podium, I think it's three times out of the last five races. Uh, and I was in fourth place in one of the two where I didn't make the podium doing nothing except picking guys who speak English as their native language. And if there wasn't somebody in the point range that I needed to fill on the 100 points, I picked somebody who I knew spoke pretty good English as their second language. So this is my, my hot tip. Uh, not my recommendation, mind you. It's just, it's kind of a fun thing that uh, English speaking writers. And by that, I'm also picking Brits. I'm picking Irish guys. I, uh, you know, I, I had Ben Healy in one of my teams and he's been going very well this spring. Uh, Pitters has been going great. So it's, you know, I've been picking anybody who is Australian, you anywhere in the UK, uh, you know, anywhere in the U.S., Brandon McNulty is having a tremendous spring. 
Uh, I've got Nielsen Paulus in my team for the El Camino Real race uh, coming up where he's going to be going head to head, of course, with uh, Jonas Vengago. And we'll see how that uh, that pans out for the for the young guy. So um, that's kind of where I'm at right now with uh, fun things. And by the way, if you love cycling, uh, it's free. You know, there's no you don't win anything either, like you might in some of the fantasy leagues where you can put down a few quid, a couple pounds, a couple dollars, a couple euros, you know. Uh, but it's it's fun to to pick the guys that your favorites and then sort of root for them. It gives you two rooting interests, in yes, other words. It gives you you've got a vested interest in watching it. It's oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, one uh, one thing that struck me today, looking at the news, um, and I thought watching the Six Nations the other day. Oh um, yeah, I'm a Six Nation watcher. Um, yeah. They were talking about these intelligent smart gum shields where. It, uh, to um, the gum shield has got a sensor in it that detects the um, the scale of impacts. So when it reaches a certain scale, that's when they can take them off and have a look at possible head injuries. Oh, it's an brilliant. actual sensor. It's not a doctor saying, "Oh, well, he might be injured" or whatever. It's an actual um, arbitrary number that, when the force reaches that, then they have to have a look at them. And I thought that would be good in crash hats and lo and behold it's going to come in um in crash helmets and cycling soon yeah you know uh I'm a, as you guys know I'm, I'm an old uh, ski racer alpine ski racing and you know i'm a huge fan of uh, world cup ski racing and those guys uh at the world cup level have been wearing not the smart ones but just mouth guards uh for the last 20 years or so because not because to protect their teeth that much because you know it's when you hit your face on the snow, you generally don't lose a tooth like you might if you were a cyclist, but because it stops your head from bouncing around when you're on the snow, you know, the, they race on glare ice. They inject it from underneath with water because that makes a more fair uh, and equitable racing surface for everybody. But you get bounced around so much that you can't, your vision is uh, not as good as it should be. So they've all started wearing these, you know, just like a regular old soccer, or, you know, rugby mouthpiece, not the smart ones. And I've started wearing one about five, six years ago when I was in the weight room and I found out that a lot of times the headaches that we, you get, if you're doing squats or deadlifts or lifting anything heavy, because we all tend to kind of grit our teeth mm. a little bit, they've gone away. Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah. 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 And I'm at, if I decide to start racing again and I've trained them really hard, but if I decide to start racing on the track again and doing the kilo, I, because it, the, uh, you know, the effort level is so great with that. I may well be wearing that mouth guard when I, when I roll up to the starting line for a lot of the same reasons. Uh, it'll be, it's, you know, I'll do some testing beforehand to see if it actually makes any difference, but, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we don't even think about in every sport, you know, that in retrospect, we go, Oh yeah. Why, why weren't we doing that sooner? (laughs) Go on. Sorry. No, no, no. I was, I was Uh, done. I just think it's an interesting thing. How we, uh, our, our, you know, our retro, our retro vision is so good. Yeah, yes. I, I've got a revelationary thing, a little tip on, we're talking the subject of weight weight training, as, as I avidly weight train now, uh, as you need to when you get older. Um, doing deadlifts, which I got heavier and heavier, I started to get a, a back niggle, and this coach said to me, ah, yes, what you want to do then is you'll be able to do f- fewer reps, but you put it down, put the weight down after each rep. You put it back on the floor and then sure. reset your back and then lift up. He says, because what yeah. you're doing is you're, you're doing th- three sets of five or six and slowly your back's rounding because you're holding it at that bottom bit, put it down, reset your back and lift up. And that made the difference like night and day from a niggling sure back did. pain, it disappeared. Yep. I'm sure it did. Yeah. That touch and go deadlift. I've, as they call it, you know, where you, where you don't set it down after each one. I've never been a fan of it for oh. that very reason. Okay. Uh, yeah. You'll, you'll never see Olympic weightlifters. No, yeah, you shouldn't say never. You rarely see Olympic weightlifters when they're doing any kind of deadlift training, uh, doing touch and go kinds of things. They always either drop it or set it down, reset, and then back up. Of course, those guys, they're, they're mutants anyway. So that's a whole different thing, but just the same. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so Gary, can I ask you a question? How's your gym training going? I've just joined the gym a couple of weeks ago really just to give me some something other than just riding my bike and being on Zwift so and my my arms are kind of just like pipe cleaners basically 
<laughs> I think I said we were messaging yesterday. They, they just fill the gap between my feet on the pedals and my hands and the brake levers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to join them up. Don't um, knock at your climber. Don't knock at your climber. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. So uh, I've just doing some bit, bit more upper body and you know, do using the, the machinery just now. So very limited weights. I, I kind of I, I grimace when just thinking about the stuff you, you you're deadlifting, David. Um, uh, I've been doing this for a long time no need for you yeah doing some leg work doing some upper stuff doing circuits on a Tuesday night which is is entertaining because my my 17 year old son comes along with me and if my arms are like pipe cleaners then Jed's entire body is just some pipe cleaners knitted together Um, (laughs) because he's you know he's 17 and he's never done anything like that he's not really interested in cycling uh, but he's just naturally a big um, streak That's of piss funny. as we would say in, up here in Scotland um, so he's, he, wants to, he wants to get buff which is going to be quite entertaining um, <laughs> but the gum shields you were talking about might be quite a good idea for Jed because some of the faces he was pulling last night yeah, doing, some of, doing some of the core work in a hit session was quite amusing so um, we have a big weekend coming up don't we yeah absolutely the do. it's first weekend openings weekend I think who do you guys favor? Anybody, anyone in particular that you fancy? Um, I, I, I fancy Wout Van Aert. I think Van Aert has probably come off the back of he's been criticised during the cross season, and I think he, that that wasn't the focus of his year. He's been training. I think Van Aert's going to come out out of the blocks, um, you know, fired up and, and ready to go. Um, I think I think Lotta Capecchi is going to make it two in a row in the women's race. Um, she's just signed for another four years with SD Works um, and I I mean I, the team they're going to put out on, on Saturday um, is incredible and anybody from SD Works could win but I think Lotta Capecchi is going to um, make it two in a row and join it's, quite the, a, it's the same with Visma Leesback isn't it I mean uh, any one of five could win um, you, you've got my favourites I'm going to pick uh, Arno De Lee. And the men's yeah, um, I was going to ask if anybody yeah, I, I've been I've like been looking it? at that as well. Yeah. yeah, he was second last year, wasn't he? He was. He went real well last year. I can't remember how. I think he was on the podium. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll go yeah, for Lizzie Dagnan in the in the women's. Oh, that's a good shoot. That's yeah, good. that is. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I will. You know, really, I think uh, Walt Van Aert is in there with a shout. Um, I would love to see, you know, kind of an, well, he's not really an outsider anymore, but I just kind of admire the guy, uh, Matty Mahorich. I'd love to, because I think that can favor him, you know, short, steep hills with some time trialing in between, kind of the same way it favors uh, Walt Van Aert. Um, I, I think no one's mentioned Tom Pidcock, and I think Pitters uh, is definitely in with the shout for this as well, especially, you know, he can time trial. He, we know he can go the distance now. Uh, he can climb like a he's climbing like a dream in those short steep pitches uh you know that race does, it has if, i mean it's like what 12 14k from the last climb to the finish right yeah yeah and you know tom Pidcock, he can he can fly up the hills and he's a pretty fair time trials i could actually you could actually make a case to see those three guys to lead uh van Aert and uh, Pidcock getting away together on the last hill and mm-hmm. just you know, dropping the hammer and motoring away from everybody. And then, of course, who's your favorite out of those three, if that if that were to come to pass? Yeah. Uh, th- I won't guess. I, know. I, won't guess. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, it's one of those races, though, that if, if somebody doesn't get a lead, you, you, suddenly the sprinters are back in the mix late on in the race. If, ever, if you can get across over the Bosberg the last climb, um, yeah. then yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, you know, we saw, I mean, even last year, Dylan Van Barlow, one and you, know, you would probably consider him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're a, right. A I mean, there's an, there's another card in the the Visma Lisa bike uh, mm-hmm. pack. You know, for Val Van Aert as well. The Porsche and their Tish Manu, Jan Tratnik. Anybody there? If a small group gets a, is is together after that, I'm going to say Benjamin Germay might be in that small group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, oh man, he's fast this season, and he goes up the hills. Not bad. Not bad at all. I mean, I've been kind of touting him in uh, spring classics for the last two, three years. And, you know, he's come very, very close to one of the, the, the true classics. So maybe this is his year. 
Uh, he's been laying kind of low this spring, but he sure looks fit. And yeah. Julian, does Philippe, you know, say, oh, by the way, Patrick, I won, and uh, F you, mate, and I'm signing with, uh, you know, UAE team Emirates <laughs> on Monday morning. And, and if and you don't like it, you head, send your attorneys after. He's got a special T-shirt underneath he can zip down. and Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, F-U-P-L. F-U-P-L. <laughs> There's, I, I understood that Marianne Roos is uh, hiring several airplanes to trail <laughs> banners over the race in the last 50K, and the banners are all going to say, you know, uh, F you, Patrick Lefebvre. And I'm only saying F you because, you know, I don't ever curse on the radio. No, it's a family no. show. F, F you, Patty. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's right. it's going to be a good weekend. Kurna Brussels Kurna. It's going to be a great weekend. Yeah. Kurna Brussels Kurna is, is such a great. I mean, I love. Of the two, I think I'm more of a fan of uh, Het Newsblad. Yeah. You know, because that was one of the first races as a, as a young guy that I became aware of. And so I kind of attached to that race as the start of the season. But there's some special things that go on in Kurna Brussels Kurna, you know, when they went over the cobbles and, you know, past the past the cemeteries and stuff that make you mm-hmm. sit up and think a little bit. Yeah. Uh, especially these days when it seems like there's uh, way too much war just about everywhere these days. Yeah. yeah. It's the whole weekend, the openings weekend is really just, isn't it? It's a tease for the Tour of Flanders. It yeah, you're is, right. It, it, and yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, a it big tease. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it, I mean, as they say in football, it's coming home this weekend. And, yeah. Is it? You know, okay. So you think you're, are you taking Tom Pidcock then as the winner since you're saying it's coming home? No, it's coming home to Flanders. Yeah, to oh, 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 I was saying like the cup coming home to, to <laughs> England. Yeah. No, okay. No. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The birth, the spiritual home of uh, of classic cycling. Of classics, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, for well, sure. It's two races that are dominated by Belgian riders as well. It's not. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 just it's a great time of the season. And we've yeah we've had a teaser. We've had some some sunshine and um, some you know some some good results. Sometimes the race, you know, the UAE races are a bit dull because it's up and down dual carriageways. It's like a it's like a you know a ten mile time trial times you know, yeah. times they twelve. Some, they do have some pretty good climbs in in their climbing it's stages. Pretty tasty. Yeah, the, yeah, the you're right. I mean, and are... the eleven spectators that they get out for those dual carriageway uh, stages, boy, those eleven guys standing there by the roadside, they really make a lot of noise <laughs> when the riders come past. <laughs> Emirati corner, yeah, famous, yeah. famous in Central. <laughs> <laughs> we should bring some Dutch guys down. Hey, we'll come on down for the weekend. We'll fly you down in an Air Emirates uh, first class jet. Yeah, and we'll, we'll give you a proper meal or two, and then we'll send you back home. We just need a couple hundred of you to make a lot of noise at this corner. If, if there was nothing to drink, no way they'd go. That's it. <laughs> you know, I think in Dubai, I'm pretty sure in Dubai, it's not. It's there's no difficulties in getting a drink. Yeah, I'm um, in Amstel, and yeah, yeah, um, I, I think got the, something. The key here is it's okay if you're discreet. Um, I don't think you're okay, going to get that okay. with some pistol well, punches. Well, I'm discreet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're you're going disco. to go about Lewis. God. Yeah. You know, disco blasting over the desert. Yeah, it's not going to work. That would be something, wouldn't it? Even the However, camels would sit up and take notice. Yeah. We've, we've had some sunshine, though. It's going to be, I don't know if the weather's anything like it's, it's going to be in Scotland over the next few days. It's going to be freezing cold and probably pretty grim. Um, yeah. So it's going to be magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, gentlemen. Gary, I don't know if you can see it, but your screen just froze and you look like the most excited man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was, that was a frightening face, that. Yeah, I, I tried real quick to grab a screen grab of that, but. Um, my hands, my finger was not fast enough to get to the uh, the, bu- the oh, save screen button. Good stuff. Um, right, wrapping up then, guys. Um, what, we've already had recommendations for how to do your weight training safely, and uh, but what any other recommendations for for our listener, David? I have, I have, I am finishing up an exceptional book. It's called The Indian Clerk. Uh, it's by an author named David Levitt. He's well known for writing high quality, well-researched uh, historical fiction. This is no different. It's about the famous Indian mathematician Ramanujan, uh, who, and by the way, if if you're not a maths person, 
And I want you to know I put the S on the end of math as prop as I've decided that's how it actually should be. Uh, if you're not a maths person, it doesn't matter because they do talk a little bit about maths in here and they do talk a little bit about it in ways that anybody who is interested in the characters of this novel would be able to decipher. It's not a, a maths book per se. It's about this British mathematician at, uh, at Cambridge uh, named Hardy. And these are the, their real names. Ramanujan sent him some of his work when he was an untrained savant genius at the age of 20 or 21 in uh, Madras. And, Ramana, and Ramanujan said, if, you're, if this looks interesting, let me know. And it turns out, of course, the guy was utterly brilliant, far beyond what anybody else was doing. And he did it all without any formal maths training. So as a result, he was free to think about maths the way he wanted to and the way it actually was without the structure of uh, modern math, mathematical thinking. But it's really more a story. It takes place during World War I mostly and a little bit before, a little bit after. But it's mostly the story of this older patrician man who fights this urge to take this young kid, who, you know, and kind of nurture his brilliance. But at the same time, you know, he's a little scared of how brilliant this guy is. And it's, it's a really good human interest story that happens to take place between these two mathematicians. But the fact that the guy from Madras is dirt poor and very young and unschooled, but far more brilliant than uh, than the guy he sort of adopts as a mentor. It, it's a fascinating story. And, you know, it's common knowledge that Ramanujan died at like the age of 32 as well. Uh, so not letting, you know, no spoilers there, but how it all, uh, how it all came to pass, the historical fiction part of it's highly accurate because I read a lot about Ramanujan when I checked out this book from the library. So really interesting stuff. Levitt's a tremendous writer. I would recommend it. Good stuff. Stick a link, find a link to that, and put it in the show notes. Chris, what have you got this week? This week, this uh, fortnight. Uh, it's it's green shampoo in a bottle. It's called Planter Forty Nine, and it makes your hair grow back, or it makes it grow thicker. Yes, there we are, and it, it actually it actually does. Mine was getting a bit thin, but it seems to be a bit better. That'll take your word for it. You're, you're looking good, regardless, Chris. Planter Forty Nine. <laughs> that that Alpeson for. It's, I think it's Planter 49. Planter. P-L-A-N-T-U-R. I will have to look that up because I could use a little thicker hair, if you know what I mean. It, I, think it, I don't think it, I, I mean, I don't think for any minute that anything makes your hair grow back. It just makes it look a bit thicker and stronger. I should, it's like I should putting colours in it. I don't know. I don't know. But it, yeah. the other stuff, the Alpacin, I tried that and that didn't work like this does. No. Good to know. So right. another way to fight for your hair, then, as they say. Yeah. Fight for your hair. I've got to fight for everything now. God, you got to fight for your right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, little beast. Dropping a little beastie boys on you. Yeah, they were talking about from here out to the weight room. So I'm getting kind of amped up, getting ready. Actually, that's there's a link to to, to my one of my recommendations. Well, is my recommendation actually is it's a show on Apple TV called uh, a series called Masters of the Air, um, which is the covers the, the story of the hundredth bomb group who were. Um, U.S. Air Force, U.S. Army Air Force, in those days, who flew like, the daylight bombing raids against Nazi Germany um, during huh. World War Two. Um, interesting, already. And it is, it's executive producers are Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, obviously of, but, oh. well, of amongst other things, Band of Brothers fame. So it's very much in that style. Um, it's based on a book by of the same name, Masters of the Air, by Donald L. Miller. And um, it's I caught it on up watched the first three episodes over uh, a weekend a couple of weeks ago and then to my horror discovered that apple only release it on a friday night so it's like the old days having to wait a week between you know episodes of your favorite program now you're quite the air buff and you're very much a fan of uh planes and jets and all of that was this the sort of thing where because where anybody would probably be interested in it yeah it's it's as much about the individual uh, pilots and actually the uh, the uh, one of the lead characters is played by the actor Austin Butler who's who's Elvis in the Elvis movie <laughs> for the witches so um and they're all yeah, I found myself actually engaged in the characters pretty early on um so you you become invested in the characters rather than just isn't this really cool because there's loads of airplanes and it's actually from the having grown up with the dam busters and all these kind of stiff upper lip and let's stick it to the Bosch um, kind of films, 
it brings it really back home and it, just to how terrifying it must have been, particularly doing daylight bombing raids over Germany during oh, the, God, 1943, yeah. 1944. Um, so it's as much about the characters um, as it is about the, the story of the war. You know, no, no spoilers on what happens in the war, but yeah. um, it's it's well written, it's well filmed. Um, it's obviously there's a lot of CGI in there, but it's not it's mm. not jarring in any way, shape, or form. Um, just really well filmed, good script, um, and I think episode five comes out this Friday. Um, so once I get the once I get the supplement in the bag, I'll be sitting down to to watch that. But the other you you mentioned them earlier, the Beastie Boys. One of the first things I ever <laughs> watched on Apple TV was the story of the Beastie Boys, um, where um, it's basically a TED talk by the, the two the two remaining Beastie Boys. And yeah. that, that's really worth your time. It's, it's, both of those are worth the Apple TV entrance money alone. So there you go. Well, if memory serves, one of the Beastie Boys was quite an, I think Adam, Ad Rock, was quite a uh, serious Buddhist by the uh, yeah. end of his career. I think, wasn't he the one that passed away from cancer as well? Just yeah. fairly recently? Yeah, so I thought. Very interesting group, those those young men. I was a yeah. fan, too. Kind of hit me right, uh, you know, right at the right age. Yeah, actually, very, very thoughtful, very eloquent. That's, that's a really good documentary. Obviously, they're a bit older, but they talk about when they got sucked into that, you know, fight for your right to party. You're saying, yeah. you're, people thought we were the characters that we were taking the mickey out of in the, in the song, so they right. kind of got tarred with that brush and, and embraced it a little bit. But, yeah, uh, I think there's yeah, a bit of regret there. Yeah, you know, when you're 24 and you're, you've got the whole world at your feet and, you know, it's hard not to get swallowed up by that for yeah. a little bit. I mean, it's kind of what sunk the Beatles in the big picture, I think, is that they, you know, they went through that period of believing their, you know, all the press about them. And then when the realization came that they were just regular guys who could make really good music, they're like, oh, well, then probably we should go back to doing that. But we can't do it together anymore. Yeah. Sad, but true. Right. You have been listening to the Feed Zone from the Cycling Legends podcast. Um, we are, we'll be back on the show in a fortnight's time. I will be back on Saturday with the Saturday Supplement. In the meantime, David, where can we find you on social media? On social media. I'm mostly on threads these days, probably 80, 90% of the time, at dstan underscore 58. Uh, there's a very active cycling community of all sorts on there, touring and racing yeah. and commuting and e-bikes and gravel i mean there's there are a lot of a lot of active people triathletes and runners and it's, it's, it's a good place to hang out and of course i'm still on twitter too but i just really only put in an appearance there every couple of days to see what's happening at dstan 58 but threads is the place to find me at dstan underscore five eight cool chris where will we find you at chris Wells everywhere um i do i'm trying to post a lot more pictures of cyclists on twitter trying up there uh, of the of the quality of it, so uh, I, I'm finding <laughs> finding um, interesting pictures from my past and bits of things. Doing research for other books and uh, and put the odd interesting picture on. Yeah, still stuff. finding I... new pictures of Tom Simpson after all these years. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Look forward it's, to seeing those. Um, it's... Groundbreaker. Yeah. I'm not surprised. It's worth pointing out that we can also you can also follow um, Nouvelle Cycling on Twitter at Nouvelle Cycling. Of course, Cycling. yeah, of course. Um, How do you spell this version of Nouvelle, by the way? N O U V E L E S. Ah, the, okay, Nouvelle, got it. All right, Nouvelle, I'm going to look for that. It's, it's new and girls, and it's you know. Yeah. It's a, All right, I will be following that. And the graphics, the, the graphics is fantastic. Check the website out. You know, nouvellecycling.co.uk. It looks, it's really clean. It's nice. It's refreshing. It's a completely new thing and a new way of doing it. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's going to be great. It just, it, it looks good. If it looks right, it is right, isn't it? They say so. It, it is. We're, our, our, the, our, the opposite of what our watchword is, is is Einstein's thing. It's it's wrong to keep doing the same, it's repeating the same thing and expecting a different result. So what we're going to do is repeat a different thing and get a different result. Oh, here's the thing on Pro Cycling uh, UK about uh, Nouvelle's cycling and Prendas unveils new women's elite cycling yeah. team. Yeah. Quite nice. Yeah, I hadn't seen that. I don't always check Pro Cycling UK all the time, obviously. Here in the States, I'm a little bit more focused on the U.S. stuff, but uh, very yeah. nice coverage here. Wow, this is impressive. Chris, 
I mean, I, I mentioned this before, but kudos. This looks great. I'm excited for you. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. One of the many things that have got beginning to happen. I've been working for, oh God, two years now, trying to make Cycling Legends and the brand I want. And it, it's all about to happen this year. I'm I keep saying that every month, but it keeps yeah. going a little bit further <laughs> down the road. But it's, it, it's forced to happen now. I've got too many yeah. good people involved now. Yeah, no, super. Good luck with that. We're um, really looking forward to seeing how things go. Um, you can follow me on X, on Threads, on Instagram if you're that way inclined at the Gary Fairly. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to the Feed Zone from the Cycling Legends podcast. We will be back in a fortnight. If I don't speak to you on Saturday on the supplement, we'll speak to you again soon on the Feed Zone. Bye for now.